the Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the mind of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ. And today, a tennis-playing stuffed bear came and told us our parents are trying to kill us. So we'll be beating all of these films to release with our own superior version. It's Movie Film Studios. But before we go on with all of that, it's time, of course, for Box Office Report. Uh, we, of course, released the film last week, The Unhappiest Place, Place on, on Earth. Earth. Yes. Uh, or, or Tupo, as it's been affectionately dubbed. I know. I'm loving the Twitter hashtags, the the, the amount of love for this film, the, the costumes people are dressing up. Yes, exactly. It's fantastic. It, it's, it's sort of that... Um, hobo chic disney princess uh, <laughs> that's, right. that's uh, that you've yeah. been seeing pictures on instagram and everywhere mm. uh just fantastic experience making this film mm-hmm. um we were very very clever to not step on disney's actual copyright yes uh you know we had uh seven um people in the uh, asylum who were sort of like they were the seven dwarves but we never yep. actually alluded them to the seven dwarves very 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 um very tastefully exa- done exactly and and like we don't have the legal department that we used to have no. so we i mean we had to self edit the script mm-hmm. to make sure that we were on the right side um of disney and we did we did a a very very good job um disney still took it the- and they locked it up in the disney vault oh no no once something goes in the vault, it can never come it out. It never comes. I actually thought the Disney vault was like a, a sort of like a metaphorical sort yeah. of, you know, they, they, they'd release Bambi and then they'd put it in the vault yeah, in yeah. inverted commas yep. and then 20 years later release it because, you know, this was before VHS and yep. they'd only make money from the box office. Yeah. There's a literal vault. There is. There absolutely is. Yeah, it's in, insane. Um, Walt Disney World, yep. uh, and they've taken the only um, cellular film copy of the unhappiest place on earth, Tupo, hashtag, oh, man. 20, 2018, and they've locked it up uh, and uh, they're holding it ransom. Because uh, although we didn't like legally step on anyone's toes, yep. uh, Disney are just great big bullies and they're the schoolyard bullies. And if they have, if you have something shiny and new and they want it, they'll take it. They'll take it, yeah. And and there's not a lot we can do about it. Yep. Um, we're currently getting... Our good mate Steven Spielberg, who yep. is, is world-renowned uh, for his cat burglar skills Sorry, of, yes. Have of, we? <laughs> of breaking into places and stealing films. Have we made amends with Steven Spielberg? Because exactly. he did break into our exactly. old studio and steal whatever film we were working on at the time. Which I, was, I think it was Tequila Gold. Was it Tequila Gold? Gold? Yeah. Okay, or, yes. Or Cretaceon. Or, he stole a lot of stuff. It was Cretaceon because it was all of his concept <laughs> all art. All of his stuff. So um uh we are yeah we're currently in negotiations with him. Okay. Um uh it's very very delicate negotiation because like you can't trust him. No. Like he might break in and steal it, which Absolutely. is what we've asked him to do. Yeah. But he'll probably won't give it back. Yeah. He'll probably take it for his own. That's so right. we've got a double cross. His double cross. See, because what might happen? He'll take the script. And then he'll slot in all of his characters, the ones that he owns, so that there's no chance of Disney buying him out at that point. That's mm, we got to we got to be careful. Shifty the, the, Spielberg, exactly. is what they call him. But I've got I've got a Ocean's Eleven Eleven style double cross oh, for him as well. Oh, so, beautiful. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see how that goes, but we will get it back. Okay. Hashtag Tupo twenty eighteen. <laughs> um, Brilliant. You know what I love about the Disney Vault as well. So Disney puts their films in the vault, and then. 10 or 15 years later, they come out again with a whole bunch of stuff you've never seen before. Now, my theory is they're not actually finding any new content, but when they go in the vault, they're mutating in there. They're just growing and developing new content just organically. And that's part of the Disney magic, so they say. (laughs) Like, how can you keep finding new stuff for a film that's now, what, 
Bambi's close to 80 years 80 old. years old or something now. How are you finding all this stuff? Yeah, I think Snow White might be like, yeah, 85 years old or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's Bambi's crazy. Far off it. Like, just find it all, put it all on one release and release it. Stop like... So what do you suggest? There's going to be additional parts of the unhappiest place on earth when we when we finally get it back there will be yeah we won't know there's gonna be bonus content in there that we didn't even know there'll be director interviews with the directors which is us we were never interviewed for it but somehow they've got interviews there'll be uh you know um new drafts of the script that were written we only wrote one draft exactly where's it all coming from but that's disney (laughs) that is disney (laughs) the the disney magic which is more like a slow radiation leak Okay. Well, hopefully, um, the unhappiest place on earth will see the light of day again at some point in the future. Uh, but on to this week in trailers. So, first up on our list, we have a Disney film, which is uh, Christopher Robin. Yeah, uh, with Ewan McGregor and... And Jim Cummings, who does the voice for Winnie the Pooh, has been doing the voice of Winnie the Pooh forever actually for as long as i can remember the disney version of winnie the pooh um and this is a live action uh film in the vein of i can only think of ted right now it it does look very ted if if it's an adult person who's seeing a the manifestation of a talking teddy bear yes um the only thing we've got to benchmark (laughs) is seth mcfarlane's masterwork (laughs) ted Ted and ted 2 i'm not including ted 2 in the masterwork. oh okay so the the concept for this story is Christopher Robin is now an adult. He has a family. Something goes wrong. I can't remember what happens. There's a lot of pressure of business. You there must get the business reports done. That's it. I yep. was going to take my family on holiday. No. The business reports must come first. That's it. Line for line, exactly what happens. And so Ewan McGregor, as Christopher Robin, is in dire straits. He is uh, beside himself. And then suddenly he hears the voice of a childhood bear that he used to talk to as a kid. And... Um, and then hilarity ensues, yeah. I assume. It is a very much a, a teaser trailer in the same sort of vein as uh, Mary Poppins Returns was yes. last week, where this thing only runs for about 30 seconds. It feels to me a lot like Hook, where it's the a little bit, yeah. adult telling of... So Peter Pan, mm. played by Robin Williams, is now an adult. Same thing, Christopher Robin is now an adult. Yep. And he is back exploring the world that he left behind. Yeah. There's not a lot to tell us about the, the story of this film. Well, I, I assume that it could be something like... Uh, Paddington is probably a good example as yep. well, uh, whereby... Paddington 2, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> really? Abs- like, it is it is the highest rated what? film. Every critic agrees that Paddington 2 is the best film that has ever been <laughs> made. It is... It's, I have no explanation for this at all. I still have no desire to want to see Paddington 2, <laughs> no. but it is legitimately 100% Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so maybe Disney wants in on this, and that's why Christopher Robin exists. They've got to get a couple, a bit of that lucrative Paddington Bear 2 like ratings gold. Well, uh, they're doing a, another Peter Rabbit as well with uh, Don- are, yeah. Donald Gleeson as like Farmer McGregor's younger son. Yeah, and um, playing, again playing a very similar character to the one he played in Star Wars. <laughs> I might say. <laughs> I think James Corden is voicing Peter. It's the same sort of thing where yes. you have these realistic-looking um, uh, CG animated animals mm. uh, inhabiting real-life shots yeah. of um, of London and all those sort of places. Yep, yep. So. Um, I mean, it, it, you look, if you loved Winnie the Pooh as a kid or if you have a connection to it, this kind of looks very charming. I was kind of charmed by it, but maybe it's just because I really like Jim Cummings' voice as <laughs> Pooh. It's really... If you, if you ever go on YouTube... Well, I'm assuming 
people that listen to this do go on YouTube. Uh, search for um, Winnie the Pooh doing lines as Darth Vader. Uh, it's fantastic. Trailer number two is... Mum and Dad. Mum and Dad. Directed by... Actually, I have no idea who directed yeah. this. It feels a bit more of a, a more of like an indie um, indie genre mashup. Yeah. is probably the best way to there's, describe there's a, it. We watched a trailer a number of weeks ago. I don't know if it made the edit of a um, northern English zombie film, which was like an indie zombie film. It's like finally zombies done right. This feels a bit like Twenty Eight Days Later, where it's mm. kind of like the zombie virus is actually rage and people sort of like get really angry and start attacking one another. Mm-hmm. In this one, the rage is specifically directed towards the children. So the the parents sort of finally snap and start murdering their kids. This stars uh, Nicolas Cage yes. and Selma, Selma Blair, Blair. Yep. As, as the parents. And it, it is pretty much, uh, they've given Nicolas Cage carte blanche to just be <laughs> crazy on camera because yeah. he is infected with zombie rage virus yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, kill yeah. his kids. I believe that this one is a, another victim of that trailer trope where it's between every shot mm. they cut to black and there's red text on yep. the background going yep. oh the most shocking film of the year and then a little awesome. snippet yeah. and then oh indie's, indie film done right and I think they said this is like a, a mashup between Home Alone and like a sl- and it's, it's, I think they said Home Alone on bath salts Yes, is what they said. <laughs> um, it looks it looks like an interesting concept it kind of, of parents trying to murder their kids in their house as yeah. they sort of like run away. Um, I didn't see the very goony, uh, goofy Home Alone style <laughs> paint tins on the end of a rope I, I, knocking them I'm down. I'm waiting for that. Yeah, but there was definitely knives being thrust through yeah, doors as, as it, parents tried to kill their kids. They've they've marketed this as a dark comedy. So I'm assuming it may sort of head into the same territory or similar territory as Shaun of the Dead, perhaps, in that it's going to be gory and occasionally frightening at times, uh, but also have a bit of a lighthearted touch to it. Do you know, <laughs> you mentioned Nicolas Cage going in full-on berserk mode, and I, I, to me, I feel like what happened when they were filming it, they had to film it sequentially. And that Nicolas Cage had to be held back until they got to the parts where he could <laughs> unleash the inner cage. So the bits where where he was actually just being a normal dad yeah, were, yeah. were the most difficult yeah, shots right, to film. That's right. Because they and just like, couldn't get such a tame... Every time the director said cut, Nicholas would come off and go, come on, man, like, can we get to the parts? Can we get to the parts? And he's like, no, 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 no. We've got we to gotta, we gotta shoot all the, the dad stuff off. And he's just like, Rrr! damn it. That's my Nicolas Cage. I don't really know how he speaks. Yeah. Um... And that will be, I think it's, that film might have come out already or it's on its way here yeah, I, or something. I, I, I don't think know. it's it's one of those indie films that has been seen by a lot of sort of independent film festivals yeah. and is still looking for an international distribution. Yep. I don't know whether it'll come to Australia. We should be able to find some sort of digital streaming platform to Probably. get that on eventually. Yep. Yep. But the, the most important thing is that we, we beat it to the market. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alrighty then. Trailer number three for today's episode is Borg versus McEnroe, uh, a tennis biopic drama, I guess. Yes. Um, starring or about the tennis careers of Bjorn Borg. Bjorn Borg. And John McEnroe. John McEnroe. Played by 
Shia LaBeouf is playing John McEnroe. It looks yes. a lot like John McEnroe. Indeed. It looks like he's giving a really good performance yeah. as well. And the guy that's playing Bjorn Borg does actually look a lot like Bjorn Borg as well. Yeah. Could um, actually be Bjorn Borg for all I know. <laughs> I don't actually know the, the actor's name. I thought it looked a little bit like uh, Tom Hiddleston when they were first showing it. It's quite mm. clearly not. Is it a Skarsgård? It could be one of the Skarsgårds. Yeah. There's so many this of them. <laughs> uh, you just never know when they're going to show up. No. It feels a little bit like um, Rush, I mentioned, which is... Yep. Uh, Chris Hemsworth playing James Hunt, the Formula One driver. Yep. Uh, similar sort of era with the late 60s, early mm. 70s. Um, a lot of de- uh, detail to making it look sort of historically authentic yes. in terms of fashion and equipment and styles. Yep. Uh, you've got a lot of tension between two top athletes as they, uh, um, you know, try and reach the pinnacle of their career mm. and they come up against one another. Uh, Rush was really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed that film. And this one looks like it's doing this, a similar sort of thing. Of um of taking that sort of iconic sports event, uh, very seriously, having good actors play uh, play the roles and and that real attention to detail, yeah, that just sort of makes you feel as though it is of its era. Yeah, I have to say, um, with regards to Shia LaBeouf and the casting of him as John McEnroe, I feel like there is no perfect casting that's better than that because it's such a metaphor for Shia's own career. There's a line in the trailer that says. Like, one of the guys is talking to John McEnroe and he's like, you know, you're just going to be remembered as that guy that yelled at the at the umpire. And it's like, yeah, that's that's like Shia LaBeouf's I career right there as well. Isn't it almost the opposite, though, where in his performance, mm. Shia LaBeouf puts in, like, the most professional and, like, he, he his performances are fantastic. Yep. He's a great actor on screen, but in his personal life, he's just a crazy person <laughs> whereas McEnroe's the opposite he's actually quite a level-headed uh and tempered person in his regular life mm. but when he's on stage when he's performing <laughs> he's just crazy it just lets it go wild yep. so I think I mean there's a, a yin and yang sort of uh, yeah yeah uh, opposites there between the two but he is a great casting for yep. that um for that role I mean he's a great actor I just haven't seen him in a lot lately he's been a bit off the radar for uh, for a little while but um yeah that's an interesting one uh, i think again that's one of the, this is one of those films that has seen a bit of airtime in various film festivals around the world don't know if it's actually going to get released here uh but if it does go and see it i mean it doesn't help us but go and see no, it anyway it absolutely doesn't help us <laughs> how about instead of going and seeing it see one of our films instead yeah, definitely. um who knows i mean you say go and see it i don't know if it's going to be any good the trailer looks pretty good yeah uh Wait and see. We won't see it. <laughs> Wait and Let's see what the reviewers say. We're not going to see it. Did we watch any of the Oscar-nominated films from last week? No, not we didn't. yet. I might one day. Yep. All right. When the when the 2020 Oscars roll around, you might do a retrospective. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Those are our three trailers for this episode. Now, as per usual, we do want to make something out of this. We We feel like... There's, I mean, there's something here. There's, there's, there's something there's, here. There's a yeah. gem in there somewhere. Yeah. The public's definitely crying out yep. for for something along those veins. Yep. I'm not sure where we're going to focus our attention. I think I need no, a bit I'm of time sure to mull it over. Yeah, I think a little bit of time would be great. So here we go. Off towards the green room. Let's go. Right. 
had a bit of time to think. I think mm. you chose last week, so I uh, I'm up this week. You are indeed. So what do we have? We have a later in life retelling of a children's classic. Mm-hmm. We have a twist on a monster horror genre. Yep. And we have a classic sports film. Yep. All right. Which one of those is grabbing your fancy? Something that Movie Film Studios has not done yet. Yeah. And something that was a massive part of my childhood. Yep. And it's going to have to be the sports film. Oh, yes. I, Excellent. Um, I invented a number of sports as a kid <laughs> so I could play uh, with myself hitting a, a ping pong ball against Great. a wall yep. with a broken towel track. <laughs> Um, wow, and, really? and I had I had Excel spreadsheets of like <laughs> matchups between fictitious teams right. as they played through tournaments. Okay. Um so I'm I'm really quite excited so, to to do a sports film that, so, so that real underdog story. What I'm hearing here is the research is done. Am I right in saying that or the research it's oh, I mean it depends what sport we focus on. Are well, we- I mean you just said that you invented a sport as a child or you invented numerous sports as a child. I mean, we've seen we've seen biopics and we've seen the kind of sports films of regular sports. It's a bit old hat unless you want to do something different with those. But how good would it be to introduce a new sport in a film and then do a film about it? So, um, I've mentioned in passing on this podcast before that my, my favourite film yep. is Basketball. Yes. And it, and it is almost entirely for these reasons yep. of... I like because Jerry Zucker, who yep. and Jim Abrams, who mm. did uh, Airplane and Naked, Naked Gun, Gun yep. and a few of those ones, like as uh, teenagers, actually invented the game basketball. Yeah, and they played it in their driveways, mm-hmm. and they had a bit of uh, buzz, and they had a, a local league one year, and then later wrote and directed uh, the film starring the the creators of South Park. Yes, and I watched this film going. Yeah, I wonder if any of my sports would ever sort of take <laughs> off. They were really bad sports. I should like it was okay. it was uh, trying to hit a ball behind a table tennis table with <laughs> a um, a broken piece of aluminium pipe that I'd taken from a uh, a towel rack that yep. had broken, yep. and I just hit the the this table tennis ball with yep, a piece yep. of metal until either the ball broke, yep. which it did, like yeah. because it's a thin piece of plastic, yep. or it went behind the propped up table tennis okay. table. Maybe, see, I have a similar story about using various implements as sporting uh, equipment. So we used to play a game which was a very, very basic version of cricket, but instead of like the traditional wickets, we would use a metal garbage can, and instead of a bat, we'd use an old frying pan. <laughs> so part of the danger of using it is that obviously the weak point with the frying pan is when the is the handle attached to the pan. At a certain point, that rusty pan is just going to fly straight off the handle and soar through a window, over a fence, onto a roof. It was wild. Like you don't get that kind of action in cricket. So. I feel like there's a there's a commonality yeah. there. There's, there's, there's a, a shared experience. I, I like. There. Well, we'll take it seriously. Mm-hmm. It's not. A, it's not going to be an out and out comedy like yep. uh, like basketball is. But there's a, there's a few there's levity. A, we need to. Add there's a little, little bit of levity, yeah. but it's not going to be um, that silly. Yep. And we take a a made up backyard sport. Yep. Or maybe like an obscure sport. Mm-hmm. I recently found out that. You know, ski ball, the where you at the arcade yeah, where you roll where you roll it up. And there's like a, apparently in Austin, Texas, an actual <laughs> ski ball really? league where they can play competitively. <laughs> I've had friends who have played in curling leagues when they moved to, to yeah, Canada. Yeah. So maybe we pick sort of like 
I, I love ski ball. I um, mean, curling's kind of big at the moment because of the, the, Winter, the Winter Olympics, Olympics just finished, so the, the interest in that sport is there. We could capitalize on that, or we introduce the world to their next big love affair, ski ball. Ski ball. I think I mean I'm not I don't I'm not quite sold on ski ball. Okay. But I you know what it is. Yep. I've just figured it out. We stay in the same location. Yeah. It's air hockey. Oh yes. It's it's a competitive yeah, air yeah. hockey league. Yep. Where you have the the young sort of like uh, Mr Miyagi and uh, <laughs> Daniel Sun uh, relationship. <laughs> yep. Where uh, someone takes them into the league and yeah. Teach, if you've actually I've, Men- mentor I've, mentee kind of thing. Yeah. I've watched. I've actually watched a little bit of like high end air hockey, yep. and they don't hold the the paddle like by the little nub in the middle. They yep. kind of like have their fingers on the side, and like there's all these pro strats uh, okay, that they yeah. all sort of teach each other. Yeah, because that would give you a little bit more of a of exactly. flexibility when yeah. you're... and it's all about sort of calculating the angles and calculating yep. your opponent. Oh, wow. Okay. So I like it. We're, we're doing a a, a right. semi serious yep. professional air hockey. Uh, sports film. Yep. So let me give you one of the characters in this film. Then, uh, mathematics nerd. Is, is it's got to be the best friend of the. Yeah. And, and he's the one, sort of like Lisa in that episode of yep. the, the mini golf, uh, yep. where she figures out that it's all just geometry. Yes. And teaches, and so yeah. Yeah. So the maths nerd uh, realizes that air hockey is nothing but angles. It's all about velocity and hitting the right mark and uh, hypotenuse and obtuse angles and all that kind of stuff and then is suddenly like made aware of this game through their friend and become they become partners but maybe not even a friend maybe they're like bullies well, not bullies. Like they, they, they don't like each other. Yeah, the the maths nerd is the bully of the yeah. school. Yeah. Look at that kid walking around. I bet he doesn't even understand Pythagoras' theorem. <laughs> what a dweeb! And so exactly. yeah, yeah. So the maths guy is the big nerd. Yeah. The big, uh, the, the big, big bully. bully. That's nice. And then we can have the jock. Uh, so let's say it's a it's a high end. Uh, so they all go to the same like school, right? But it's like a high end fancy school yes. for gifted for gifted uh, students. I love right? it. And, but, and so the the guys that are really good at maths are yeah. the ones that everyone looks up to going, yeah. I bet he studies like six hours a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somehow a jock has been enrolled into the school. But Much like, more like burly, uh, a sports, um, you know, prow- has sports prowess, but no one likes him because he doesn't fit into that I school. Don't, I don't even think he's that burly. No? Like, I think, okay. think comparatively, yeah, he's... You're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like someone drops the, like, something and like, he just catches it. Yeah. Just like, it's just like, everyone's like, wow. And he's just like, yeah, I just caught it. It's like, <laughs> oh, you've got reflexes. That's... Well, I mean, are they amazed by it or are they just like, oh, look at that guy with his reflexes. Like... You could have just let it hit the ground. Yeah. But instead like, you had to catch it. Because, like, I calculated that given the height of the object at the time that I let go, it would have survived the impact on that particular material. You didn't have to expend all that yeah. effort. And, and, and there's, like, there's no I, gymnasium at the school. There's no equipment. Right, yep. The only thing is a dusty old air hockey table in the break room. Yep. Which, uh, if, if, like, uh, he probably boards up one end. Yep. And just starts playing with himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I realize how, as I, I can see the scene from Forrest Gump where yes. he's recovering and he's playing table tennis. Yeah, eventually, yeah. like through years of, I mean, years of practice this is probably going to not take that that long. <laughs> but uh, no one, no one will sort of take this kid seriously. Into, yeah. and, and then it's the it's the janitor who like yeah. sees that this kid's practicing and yeah. practicing and practicing, yeah. and the janitor's just sort of like back in 1952. <laughs> In the St. Louis World Fair when they first unveiled the air hockey machine. 
I was the champion. It's the the Hockinator 3000. Yeah. And nobody had seen angles like I was playing the angles. That's right, that's right. Because you don't play the angles of the table. (laughs) You play the angles of the mind. Yeah, you play the angles of your opponent. Yeah, yeah, but the angles of your opponent's mind. (laughs) That's right. So there's ang- there's lots of angles. It's <laughs> if you take one thing away from my pep speech, just it's about angles. You know what I like about this as well. If you reframe this as a kind of almost a spiritual sequel to Goodwill Hunting, so you have the janitor who spots the jock playing uh, air hockey. Yeah. The jock has the raw like power to like knock the puck back and forth and to like react uh, quickly enough but really doesn't have an eye like a good eye for where to actually hit yeah. it and, and what velocity to hit it and so the janitor's like oh you need training and then janitor at some point sees our math whiz kid who is just like phenomenally good at mathematics just yeah. can see can visualize angles without actually needing to calculate it like pythagoras clearly inhabits the body of this child um in a non-weird way. <laughs> um, and he's just like, i got to bring these two together. Uh, and then, you know, somehow brings those two together. Sets up a, a scenario yeah, so at a school. He, he says, I've got to bring those two together. Yeah. And then makes it the mission of this movie <laughs> yeah. to bring those two together. That's right, yeah. So he sets up some kind of a, <laughs> elaborate, like, Rube Goldberg-style contraption that somehow gets the two of them together. And then they have to work together to... <laughs> to like get out of the trap and then that's when the movie kicks on yeah so i mean in all of these ones there's the big tournament the qualifying yep. round yep the you know he fails in semi-regionals but yep. then goes to full regionals yep. to, because the people drop out and someone, gets a second someone chance and yeah so by by chance they're allowed back in because the other person got disqualified or something it sounds also sounds like what was the pinball, the pinball film? one paddles of destiny or whatever we meant. Truman paddles of destiny yeah um it also kind of feels a little bit like a, a spiritual successor to that one this one we're not saying is a mockumentary <laughs> and bringing in oh you know what i think we should do though yep. is get like like matthew broderick or or uh yep. Um, who's the guy from uh, High Fidelity? John Cusack. John Cusack. Yeah. I think they were like the the mastermind who'd put together the the tournament. Yep. I think we re- reprise that character's role. He he's also put money up against for an air <laughs> hockey tournament, and for some reason he's just going through the arcade and going, you know what? A tournament. We need more tournaments with, you know, the, the game where you have to shoot free throws and you get lots of points. Yeah. A tournament for that. You know, and then he can be responsible for the skee-ball tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. he's just like, you know, the one where the light spins around in a circle and you have to press the button and try to stop it close, close to the jackpot. A yeah, tournament yeah, for yeah. that one as well. The tower stacking game where you yeah. have to hit the button the right time to whack them all tournament. Yep. Whack, yeah. The, the claw. The claw game. Ha- oh. How many toys can you get tournament? Yeah. And he's just, he's just nuts for that. So this is like, that'll, it'll probably be like a trilogy. Yep. of the, the John Cusack as the wacky billionaire yeah. <laughs> putting on tournaments. This is film number two I- in that sequence, and yeah. it's the, and, the and tri- air hockey. <laughs> now, <laughs> as part of this trilogy, so obviously, like, Truman Paddles of Destiny was, like, a completely, like, unrelated sequel to The Truman Show. It was, yeah. Do we do the same for this one as no, well? No, not at all. No? Because okay. that was an unrelated sequel to The Truman Show, which yep. was somewhat a documentary and somewhat scripted. Yep. This is just flat out a sports movie. Okay. 
and then and then whatever happens for the third one, it's going to be something else completely bizarre. We'll figure that out. Exactly. But this is a new trilogy that we're. This is our first trilogy as well. We've never it done could, this before. Could be. Could very well Look be. Look at this. <laughs> like breaking new ground. A sports film and a trilogy. All right, great. And it's not a trilogy yet. So, like, we could potentially have, like, films two and three made for another one of our existing <laughs> properties before this one That's gets right, a third. right, yeah, we could, yeah. But it's definitely our first sequel or spiritual sequel. Spiritual or, sequel, Or yes. spiritual sequel to a spiritual sequel. <laughs> um, uh, where are we going to go with this? Like, like okay, okay here's, here's a really weird thing that I found out recently. Mm. Um, uh, Pat Morita, who plays uh, Mr. Miyagi. Yep. Um, I didn't realize was a stand-up comedian. Really? Yeah. So, like, I—I I mean, I'd only ever seen him as uh, Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. And apparently, they spent ages trying to cast that role. Mm-hmm. Um, his name had come up early, and the studio had said, "No, he's a comedian. We don't want him in the film. It's yep. supposed to be a serious film." I mean, yep. he, you know, it's a a guy whose family died in the world World War Two in a very horrific way, and there's mm. these very tragic scenes, and they didn't want a comedian playing that role. Yep. Eventually, they went, "Oh yeah, we'll we'll cast him," and now. Like, as a kid who'd watched Karate Kid 20 years ago, I had no idea that throughout the 50s, um, he was doing stand-up comedy. Okay. Like, and it's it's weird. It's kind of like what white people would expect an Asian person to do <laughs> right, as yeah. stand-up comedy in the 50s. Yep. And then he was like the, the owner of the, the bar in uh, Happy Days for, mm-hmm. for a couple of seasons yep. on and off. And then he was Mr. Miyagi. And that's all I know him from. And then yep. I went back and watched uh, some videos of his stand-up comedy. I'm like, oh, weird. Very, very, very weird. <laughs> so maybe that's what we do here is we, yep. we pick a stand-up comic who's yep. not known for their uh, seriousness at all. Yep. And we put them in a very serious role as yep. the air hockey champion uh, janitor. Okay. Uh, first name that sprung to mind is the American comedian Jim Gaffigan. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's got that kind of sonorous uh, vocal quality as well that might be good as a kind of Mr. Miyagi-style character. Yeah. I mean, I can't picture him as not being funny. Okay. But that's exactly but what that's we the want. Point. Yeah. It's like we put him in this film and everyone's like, you're a stand up comedian. Yeah. But, and then when our film is bigger than his <laughs> like little bacon bits or whatever his <laughs> jokes are, yep. 20 years from now, kids are going, did you know that once upon a time, yeah. Jim Gaffigan from the air hockey movie, yeah. he used to be a comedian? Yeah. It's like people who watch Goodwill Hunting go, yeah. Robin Williams was funny? Yeah. But he's such a serious actor and he's yeah. done some great serious films. Exactly. We're going to do that for Jim Gaffigan's great. career. <laughs> great. I love it. Um, okay. Now, we probably should cast uh, the kids as well. Can we cast kids? Isn't that like one of those things where you, you don't want established kids? Ah, oh, so we want to go no-name, like, off-brand variety kids or something. I don't know. We watched a trailer today where... Um, uh, What's Judd Apatow's daughter? Maud Apatow. Maud yeah. Apatow is in a film. Yep. So maybe just for a little bit of extra producer money, a little <laughs> bit extra grease in the wheels. Yep. We pick um we pick a child of a director or a yep. celebrity. Yep. And give them one of those roles. Okay. To be like, hey, Judd, you got your big cameo friends. <laughs> it's James Franco. Want to just be like the principal in yep. this one scene? Yep. Or that'd be great. Uh, uh, well, uh, Seth Seth Rogen, we'll Seth put him Rogen, in there somewhere. Emma Stone, Jody Hill, yep. Michael Sarah. Yep. Um, all of those guys. All the regulars. So I mean, that's what we do if we cast Judd Apatow's. Yep. But who whose child can we cast <laughs> that opens doors into? Um, oh yeah. Who do we want? I mean, we could go with anyone, and we need to. I mean, do we need to make sure they have children as well? Angelina Jolie's got a bunch of them. Okay. 
can just pick one of those guys. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, I know. Okay. Uh, so- and, and then she can get us that sweet, sweet John Voigt. <laughs> I don't know what her other connections are. I know her dad's John Voight, so maybe he can be in our film oh, as look, well. I'm sure... Um, well, no, she can get uh, Daniel Craig for us because they starred in that Tomb Raider film together a while ago. Yeah. Uh, what else was she in? I've never... Salt. I, salt. <laughs> um, I really haven't seen that many Angelina Jolie films, I, I'm sorry to say. Uh, but yeah, whatever other films that she's been in with other actors, that's who we get. This is like a six degrees of separation kind of exercise now. So if whatever film Angelina Jolie was in, whoever she's connected to, we can get. Winona Ryder in yep. Gir- Girl Interrupted. Perfect. Well, um, was Angelina Jolie in that? Yeah. Oh, okay. She's like the person who's not Winona Ryder. I haven't Ryder. seen it. I haven't seen it either, <laughs> but I know it's got Winona Ryder and, and Angelina Jolie right, in great. it. So we so. get Winona Ryder, and she's sort of riding the crest of... Um, Stranger Things, Stranger, yeah. yeah. She the, could be the, one of the, the school teachers yep. who's just like, perfect. sports will never get you anywhere. That's right. Uh, especially arcade games. She's probably right. I, I know <laughs> I know. we're supposed to like not listen to her. She's the yep. naysayer who tries to crush the dreams. Yeah. There's no such thing as professional <laughs> air hockey sport. It is a worthless pursuit. That's right, yeah. Well, maybe, like, it could be the thing where it's not a professional sport until John Cusack comes around to say, guess what's now a professional sport? Exactly. Air hockey. Guess what's also now a professional sport? Whack-a-mole. <laughs> uh, time Crisis 2. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm a professional time crisis. That's actually not too far from the truth. Like The, the way that... Uh, Video professional video games going yeah. and people earning millions of dollars live yep, yep. live streaming them completing <laughs> games. I can very much see someone who's an yep. expert at yep. Time Crisis <laughs> Two actually somewhat making a professional living. All right, so uh, just to summarize the cast, we've got two of Angelina Jolie's. Oh, we're doing kids. two of her kids. Oh, because we need the we need the like sporty sporty one and then the nerdy math one don't we yeah i know but isn't that just a bit weird that they're like real life siblings well playing... I'm, I'm pretty certain that she adopted like yeah all of them that doesn't mean they're not real life siblings <laughs> like they, they... But they're not like like blood related so they don't look the same as far as i'm aware that's <laughs> i i think i suppose i'm maybe being a bit weird about it because i just like yeah i don't know it's like um what was it? The Fault in Our Stars yep. had two actors which were playing love interests. Yep. And then those same two actors were playing brother and sister in like Divergent, like, yeah. which came out within that, a month of one another. That also happened in Godzilla and um, The Avengers. With, yes. Uh, uh, Aaron Johnson and, and um, Kate, one of the Olsen. One of the Olsen. See, that, that's weird. And they're not even real life siblings. <laughs> no. They're playing real life siblings and playing love interests at the same <laughs> Are we are we going to make them have a love interest? Why not get super weird with it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they're like, not only do they come together over like the common shared interest of air hockey, but they also come together because they suddenly realise they're falling for each other. I don't think we can do this. <laughs> I think we take one of Angelina Jolie's kids okay. and one of Madonna's kids <laughs> and, and they can be the Wait, stars of the- Wait, did Madonna turn up? Madonna has a whole bunch of kids as well. I know she does. Okay, fine. We um, just got to pick celebrities who have a lot of kids yeah. and a lot of connections. <laughs> Because Madonna's going to get us to Guy Ritchie's <laughs> divorce, divorce lawyer. Yep. And Guy Ritchie's divorce lawyer is going to get us to Guy Ritchie. Yep. And Guy Ritchie's going to get us to Brad Pitt. Guy Ritchie and, can direct our film. Exactly. We can get we can get Benicio Del Toro. Yep. Uh, I mean, if we get Brad Pitt oh, from Brad Snatch, Pitt. then we can get Brad Pitt's divorce yep. lawyer who can get us in touch with Angelina Jolie. Uh, Brad Pitt also gives us most of the Ocean's Eleven's cast exactly. as well, who we've somehow lost contact numbers for. 
<laughs> despite the fact we've cast them in everything before. Uh, great. I love this. It, it's, 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 I mean, really, we say Angelina Jolie's kids and Madonna's kids. It's just a kid of a celebrity. A kid. We can get yep. uh, Suri Cruz in there too sure, if we really want to. Yep. Um, just open casting. If you if you have a parent who has been on the A-list at any point within the last 20 years, <laughs> open casting call, come in. We'll, we'll find a role. There's That's there's right. kids yep. galore in yep. this elite yep. school. Yep. So You just need to bring proof of your uh, identity as well and your celebrity connection. Otherwise, exactly. no no. I mean, we, d- we no don't audition. care about your um, screen actor's no, guild card. No. Bring us a list of your connections. Yeah. That's right. Bring- <laughs> Does Uncle Jack Nicholas come over for Christmas dinner? We need to know. Jack Nicholson, you mean? No, no, the golfer. Gold, oh, okay, Jack. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I met Jack Nicholson. All right, um, great. Uh, so we've got two random celebrity-focused kids. Yep. Uh, we have um, Jim, Gaffigan Jim Gaffigan as our Mr. Miyagi-style janitor. Uh, we also have Winona Ryder as our dissenting teacher, and John Cusack, John Cusack reprising his role from Truman Paddles of Destiny as a eccentric, eccentric billionaire. billionaire who runs an arcade and decides that arcade games are now like professional professional sports. sports. Yeah. Great. I love it. Now, do we need to figure out how this is going to end or um you know, is this going to be an ongoing thing or are we going to sort of have it a nice sort of beginning and end? They either succeed in the tournament or something happens. Maybe they lose. They lose, but they still find love, so they still win. I like this kind of like multi-puck sort of. You know, you know how some <laughs> yeah, yeah. air hockey machines can release like twenty or thirty 20 at a time, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it just sort of comes so overwhelming. Yep. And the the kid sees the look on the person at the other end of the table and how mm. serious they're taking the sport. Yep. Just drops their puck and walks away, oh, and just says, yep. "There's more to life yep. than this." Okay, um, and then misses out on winning a four yeah. million dollar prize because John Cusack is crazy, <laughs> um, and and regrets it for the rest of his life, yeah. uh, or her life. That's so, so and that's the, the story. It's the noble uh, walking away in not defeat, but sort of. There's a there's a fantastic scene at the end of Searching for Bobby Fisher. Yep, where. Um, the, the kid offers the other kid a draw. He's yep. like, well, we take a draw. And the other kid says, no, I've got your queen in check. Yep. And then like the kid's like, I've already thought 30 moves ahead. I know yeah. how I'm going to win this. Yep. So maybe maybe that's like the, the kid goes, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to take the noble path. The other kid starts hitting in all these goals. Yep. What's that? The multi-pucks clog up the goal, forming an <laughs> impenetrable barrier. And our kid comes back and goes, psych! And then just hits all of the rest of the pucks in and wins the tournament. Uh, yeah, that's it. Perfect. That's exactly Done. how it needs to end. And wins the $4 million prize. And wins the $4 prize. million dollar prize. And they've done nothing with the rest of their life that's because <laughs> $4 million is pretty much enough just to live off. Is it? For Who the rest knows? of their lives, they li- live off the interest. It's like 160. Well, if we a year. if we set it in the past a little bit, like if it's set in the 80s or something, then yeah, that, that's oh, a you know, far that's, bigger that's amount. That's actually a great thing because uh, the the um, Borg versus McEnroe yeah. and and Rush and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all of those ones, they they yep. go. Let's set it in a time period where we can get people to yep. come in and do costuming <laughs> and props. And the arcade was probably a little bit bigger yeah, in the yeah, 80s. Yep, yep. And John Cusack was known in the <laughs> 80s. So, absolutely, this one sort of, yeah. But, set. but we need to keep the whole thing about John Cusack coming in and saying Time Crisis 2 is now a sport. And everyone's just looking at him going, what's Time Crisis 2? Yeah. Like... This, this is like, you know, Truman Paddles of Destiny is when he's already an established billionaire. Yep. This is his sort of tech startup. And yeah. it's just like, I'm just going to... I'm just going to 
do my garage wizardry with computers and making <laughs> yep. my millions yep. and like he's sort of starting to get big and so he starts putting on these tournaments mm. it's actually like a weird the, the trilogy can be watched out of order yeah. and you can sort of get a sense of John Cusack's yeah. eccentric billionaire career in these sort of yeah, weird yeah. sort of flashback moments it's all kind moments. of intertwining in different films that's amazing yeah. no other film has no other Not film really. series has ever done that before. Taken one character and shown them in really different in stages. In different stages of their lives, but the films themselves are about completely different yeah. characters. I like it. I, I like, like this. It. I like this a lot. All right, so we've got one thing left to do. One thing, the name. The name of the film. Yes. Now, Borg vs. McEnroe has a very nice kind of uh, setup towards it. Like, yes. the name itself sort of says everything that it needs to say on the tin. It's one character versus another character Borg versus McEnroe Batman versus Superman Alien versus Predator, Predator. Yep. Um, Kramer versus Kramer <laughs> exactly uh, so we definitely go with the versus I think we need a versus in there because I think when you, as soon as you put versus in there you're like oh it's a sports film it's, it's some kind of some some, okay. some battles going to take place. I actually like versus the machine versus the machine. What like so? It's, it's like a, a, it's a yes. There is an air hockey machine. Yep. but he's also battling the me- mechanical nature of the way that school churns out uh, these kids. Yep. is basing the the machine that is the the corporate world, yeah, yeah, which yeah. you know John Cusack's t- tied yep. up in. So it's very Pink Floyd, actually. It's yeah, a very another brick in the wall uh, so, sounding. Rage against the machine. Rage against, where, yeah. Well, maybe we've... maybe his name's Reg. <laughs> Reg against the. No, no. His, his name's Reg versus the Machine. Reg no, I, versus I, I, the Machine. Reg is not a, a kid's name of the eighties, but no. like, um, when was that a kid's name? Like the forties? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows when Reg came about? I don't know. Reginald. <laughs> Actually, it's Reg now. Up. No, uh, uh, um, what's the kid's name? Is it like? I mean, Billy was a very popular name. Billy. Um, I mean. I mean, because Billy can be used as either male or female as well, so there's kind of a, a nice... Depending on which celebrity we get as a kid, we just give them the name Billy, and it can be B-I-L-L-Y or B-I-L-L-I-E, yeah. and it could be for either. Um, you know what? There's there's a, a great rock opera, right, by yep. um, The Who, a, a sort of like... I think he was trying to write a rock opera, but he's also written songs about like a kid who's a pinball wizard. Yeah, yeah. Do you think we get the Who in to write like a massive like rock ballad opera soundtrack yeah. to this? I yeah, think for it sure. is absolutely perfect. Are they still around? The Who? Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> absolutely. Definitely. Pete Townsend and, and the um, rest. Wasn't Pinball Wizard a Queen song? No, no, I'm fairly sure it's The Who. All right. Well, one of those bands did it. We'll get the remaining members of Queen. We'll get the remaining members of the Who, and they can they can form a band called Who's the Queen, and and they can write a rock opera ballad for uh, yeah, uh, I love it. Billy yeah. versus the Machine. Billy versus the Machine. Yeah, and it has yeah, the soundtrack needs to be an eighties throwback. All new music though. Yeah, because this is that used to happen a lot. Like you, Queen did uh, the soundtrack to Flash Gordon and uh, Highlander as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so yeah, they they've got the experience. Yep. Um, the who's in there because yep. I I think they did pinball wizard, but I may be wrong. Um, uh, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Uh, Billy versus the machine will be uh, uh, original soundtrack by uh, who's the queen? Who's the queen? Brilliant. Um, I think I think that does it. I think that's a wrap. Uh, housekeeping as per usual. We are on the internet. Moviefilmstudios.net is our website where you can find uh, some bios of us, all of our previous episodes, and a list of every single film we've made under the Mufuzuwadada banner. 
Uh, we are on Facebook where we post emoji clues as to the trailers that we've watched for next week's episode. So if you were paying attention, this week's answers were Christopher Robin, Mum and Dad and Borg versus McEnroe. <laughs> yeah, which good, are, good luck with that one. I, I mean, there's tennis rackets and tennis balls. Sure. Like These are actually much less difficult than some of the ones <laughs> I've had to do in the past. Uh, congratulations to everyone who got them right. Indeed. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Movie Film Studio, just... I it's a vapid wasteland. There's nothing on there except links to every episode that we've put out there. Uh, and we're also on iTunes, we're on Podbean, and we're on any place that you can get podcasts. I think that's it. I think that's it. I think all that remains is to thank you all for listening again once again this week. I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Mark wins and they play.